Hello everybody and welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast slash YouTube slash fan commentary series. Even though this is only the second one, this is Aaron Percival, aka Corporal Hicks. And this is Adam Zeller, aka Ridgetop. Eric Adams, aka Xenomorphine. And possibly David, aka Omega Morph, will show up at some point, we don't know. Possibly. Possibly, we'll see. Special guest appearance. Indeed. So, it's been nearly a year? Two years since we did the last one? Two years. Not long enough. I think it was early 2020 we did the AVPR commentary. All right. And it took us long enough to do that. It took me long enough to get the will to go and do the prep for this one. Because some idiot thought it would be a good idea to start with the worst films and work our way up. Yes, I was that idiot. I thought it would be fun. <laughs> you were. It's, it's not really Really, fun. we should have started with this one then. Start as we mean to go on with a confession. <laughs> AVPR is worse than this, undoubtedly. Even though I think at the time I said, you know what, I'd rather have watched AVPR than this. But objectively, I think this has got going for it than Requiem does. Maybe if it was the original cut, I'd agree with that. No, still, still got more going well, for actually, it. Actually, no, I wouldn't because I like AVPR. So. The, cast, the cast is far better in this than in Requiem, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't think it's something we need to fight about considering the output. <laughs> this movie's worse. I fully knew Adam would object to any any comment that went along those lines, and he did not disappoint. It's still wrong. I reckon twice. But as with the last one, I don't want it to be a slag fest. So no. um, uh, I have got myself three pages of notes with interesting tidbits on and, and talking points and stuff like that. Whether whether we get through them, Aaron's going to be the Rory of this commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, my sister actually works with autistic kids and stuff like that. And uh, one dinner, some Christmases ago, she's like, you know what, I reckon you're probably autistic or got a bit of, <laughs> bit of autism in you. I was like, yeah, I see that. So, you know, maybe it's an app. Action figures, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think action figures necessarily equals autism. <laughs> no, statistics. Statistics, because you've got all your notes in front of you. Oh, uh, Action just being figures, okay. No, not action figures. I'm the autistic one, I think, out of us groups. So. Yeah, you're diagnosed, aren't you? Yeah, so I'll be that. I'll be that voice of the oppressed millions. <laughs> Give my expert view. So Eric, Eric identifies with yes. Rory. <laughs> well, well, that took a turn already, hasn't? Yeah. So we're, we're going to be your, your audio buddies as we continue this voyage through what Predator 4 MCU edition. And we're going to be giving you guys at home or wherever you are your very own audio commentary, AVP Galaxy style. Hopefully it's interesting or at least funny. Yeah. We've all got booze. We recommend you do the same. <laughs> we're powered by vodka. It's great. <laughs> it, it, might, it might make it less painful for you. It will for us. I'll try and not slag it off too much. I can't talk to the other, to, for the other guys. Hey, there are things I like about this movie, and I will make an attempt to be measured. But yeah, it has its issues, as we will see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So we're all watching this from one source, so uh, it's all going to work for us. But there are obviously differences in... I still think this is mental, but differences between the timings in um, NTSC and um, PAL formats. So as we go through it, We'll try and remember to call out where we are. 
So you guys and girls out there all know I tried doing a comment. I think I did it with Perfect Organism actually a year or two ago where I was watching it from my DVD and they were watching it from theirs. And I'm like, I'm behind you guys. Where are you? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and I think we found that problem when we first actually tried doing these years and years ago. And I was like, how the fuck are we all in different places when we all started at the same time? Yeah. And that's how I ever learned about the differences in timings between formats. So we'll try and remember, because somebody actually complained about it last time. I do remember that. Right. I'm going to count down from three and then hit the play button on uh, your devices. Uh, everyone will hit back the alcohol at the same time. <laughs> we should be a frame or two before the 20th Century Fox logo at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're on zero right now. Okay. Are you boys ready? Let's yep. go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Have you guys seen any films that are 20th Century Studios yet? Yes, I believe, uh, what was it called? The Empty Man, I believe, had the 20th Century Studios logo. I've never heard of that film. Well, I'm not surprised because they kind of sabotaged it with the marketing. It was a, a horror movie that was kind of bold in its approach. And I think once the exec switched over, nobody really believed in that movie, but it's actually pretty good. I recommend it. Oh, here we go. See, they're starting out like the original Predator did yeah. with the space field. It's even the same font. Mm, yeah. I, like, I remember liking that. There we go. Star Trek. <laughs> Open the warp portal, Scotty. This is so short compared to how it was in the script. Yeah, and in the script, it was a big mothership that was uh, hmm. that the Ark detached from. Independence Day reference. Smashes the satellite. You see, and, and the, the script references it all as looking, it sounds a bit more Predator 2 in style, you know, it describes it as being like a, a Nautilus. Yeah. And I really miss... Predator stuff sticking to that Predator 2 aesthetic. The orange and crazy yeah. walls. And, yeah. But, I mean, the games all did it because that was the only point of reference. And if that shot wasn't in this film, we Here's could have the... skipped the entire fucking ending with the Predator killer suit thing. That and... one shot would have saved us from that. Okay, here's the first thing that doesn't make sense. He ejects in that escape pod over Mexico and his ship just glides to yeah. Georgia <laughs> and crashes in Georgia. Well, but is it, isn't it implied he's, he or she or it has been sort of, because it, it's hunting the ship, isn't it? It's sort of like it's. Yeah, so the Berserker, uh, Berserker, wrong film. <laughs> um, the upgrade, the assassin wants the ship back because I guess in this edit, he wants the Predator killer suit back. He is about as tense as the film gets, unfortunately. Uh, this scene also took place during the day in the script, and I believe there was like a big mansion as well. Yeah, it was, um, it was a drug lord's mansion, so it was, it was a lot of a bigger set piece because then you had like, the, the pod coming down and crashing into the mansion and stuff like that, and there was loads more folk. Oh, yeah. And this was apparently in... Well, it wasn't in the script we read. 
or that's out there. But according to like the behind the scenes making of book, this was all told through flashbacks throughout. Well, maybe not this bit. Maybe the bit after when the the predator pod crashes was told throughout, like random flashbacks. You know, you notice how they're trying to mirror the original film here with a like hostages seen through binoculars sort of thing. Well, you know, what? I never really thought about that. Yeah. I noticed they actually bothered to do some trigger discipline there, which is nice. Mm. And what's weird is also in the script, he was in the top of a tree, and that's why he had to jump. Or is this one that just kind of flies over him? It's lost his antenna <laughs> on the radio. I think this was all filmed. This bit was filmed in uh, BC. That's a pretty tropical BC, unless they just add all that. Yeah, well, originally they they'd filmed it on, they redressed the swamp at the end. But when they decided they were going to go back and do all this as a, a proper full scene, they reshot it in, in Vancouver. Yeah, the, the first thing I do when I, I come up to a, a crashed vehicle which has got strange fluid on it is uh, touch it. And smell it. <laughs> yeah. You would totally smell it. I might smell, smell it to see if it's like, you know, noxious or something. I'm not going to touch it. That could be like lethal fuel or something. Yeah, well, people are stupid. In the script, this was Cuba as well. Yes. In the movie, it's uh, Mexico. And that is one of my favorite dudes, Mike Dopod. Well, enjoy him while he lasts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Stargate, and he appears in every single one of the Stargate shows <laughs> as three different characters. But I, lo- I love him in universe. He plays one of the Lucian Alliance guys who actually lasts. You being a Stargate fan, people have have said this feels a little Stargatey in terms of how it's like the shots and stuff. Would you say that's true? Nah, feels okay. nothing like Stargate. There he goes. Yeah, hey, yeah, this has just gone on my arm. Oh well, <laughs> I'm not going to bother to freak out about that. You see, this is a whole other wolf situation as well. Like if if the if fugitives here to help us out, why the fuck's he take the time? I know to kill that dude and then attack the other guys. Predators can't help themselves because, of course, they're honourable. So he's killing everything. But I like I like the agility that we it shows yeah. off here. This feels a little bit like um Dylan when he um yeah when he's running yeah didn't last as long there. So it's another example where they could have built up some tension, but... Mm. But to be fair, all this stuff with the Predator's self-targeting crap that's coming up, I hate. Yeah, I mean... Like, I mean, what even triggers that? Yeah. What even triggers it? 
Like, I, I like that they've given them new abilities. But... Yeah, yeah. And I do like this, that the, the Predator, it's revealed through blood going on. It, this reveal nice is brilliant. I love this. I'm not such a fan of the eyes, because these eyes always look cartoonish in this when they do that. Yeah, and the script, I don't think he even attacked them. No, that, I was just about to say, yeah, they just find it knocked out. Yeah. Well, he attacks his team later, but it's off screen. Mm. And like, why is why is this randomly popping out? What's going off here? <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, keep in mind, he actually somehow swallows that later on, <laughs> and keeps it inside his gut for however many days. Well, we're off to a good start, aren't we? That is one of the <laughs> stupid. The cloaking ball is one of the stupidest concepts in this film. Or possibly even the franchise. Is that classic Predator beat? With the helicopter, of course. To be fair, I've, n- I've never had a problem with the music. No, no, I'm, I'm saying it, it's another example of them trying to mirror things from the first film. Yeah. It's, it's the same music it happened when Dutch stepped out the helicopter. I just mean in general, because Got that I think Predator's go. always had this very... The, the the music and the, the themes tend to carry across know. all of the films, so it never feels out of place when they reuse them. I mean, yeah, I mean with, uh, compare that to Terminator, where they have completely different composers and styles every time, and it doesn't work at all. They need to bring Brad Fidel back for that. I do think Predators had a better score, even though both these movies emulated... Mm-hmm the sound of the original film, I thought the third film did that better. See, the thing is, I never, I never this remember... This is very any... bizarre, this scene. I'm going to scare you with this cloaking. Yeah. <laughs> Post this for me, because I've got turn the power invisible, of so better do what I say. <laughs> yeah. And I'll give you some money, too. You know, just extra. I'm going to treat you like a common prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> So fucking stupid, that ball. Just, uh, instead of using this ball to turn invisible and escape my pursuers, let's just right? swallow it. Yeah. And here he goes. Here's the medicine ball. How would you swallow that bloody thing? Uh, yeah, that's big. Damn. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. I always forget that's a reference to um, the producers from, one of the producers from the original Lawrence film. Gordon. Yeah. Here's the kid. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the script, isn't it? So I do like this stuff, speaking from the autistic point of view. Um, I think I mentioned this when we first reviewed it. I do like the stuff about how he does memorize exactly where all the pieces are on the board. Mm. It's, it's a nice touch. Is that not something completely different, though? That eidetic memory? Well, it's... Yeah, there's people who are not autistic that have photographic memory. As it was explained to me, he's got a weird thing about noises as well, even though he's perfectly fine with gunfire later yeah, on. Yeah, it just, it just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not uncommon either, is it? That's nah. As it was explained to me, OCD is a different thing to, compared to... Like a need to have things in the same places. 
So, I mean, they're saying he's got Asperger's. As- oh, my God, Asperger's. I don't think it matters. Some people pro- Which, pronounce it one way. I say well, I think they're just making fun of him because that it doesn't seem like that's what he has. He ha- He's on the spectrum, but he, he's kind of like on an extreme of the spectrum because most people who have it, they've just got, we've just got like, social issues and that's we, what you have we, isn't it yeah I mean, we might find it difficult to pick up on body language cues and that we're, we're not like this mostly but some people are now before i forget because adam was mentioning the music earlier i don't remember a lot of original music from predators but i actually quite like the new pieces in this you know that that moment there and there's uh, that really heroic piece later on when Oh, here, here we go. Foreshadowing because it's a dog. <laughs> that that could have been without. Yeah. I mean, they're really heavily building the metaphor. They, they've got like a fence yeah. protecting him against a dog. Here's another Stargate character. Uh, Stargate actor, Gary Chalk. Seriously? Yeah, he plays... They've just uh, infested this film, haven't they, with Stargate? <laughs> But he's um, the the Vancouver locals. He plays a Russian guy in the show. Oh well, <laughs> of course he's going to be visiting us, yeah. special forces guy. <laughs> I wish that they'd have gone with a, an an older autistic scientist rather than the kid, because something that this misses yeah. is. Oh. And more dogs. I'm, I'm never going to get to finish any thoughts because we keep moving across. The different <laughs> but it is a Shane Black movie, so yeah. you've got to have a yeah, a kid important to the story. So this this scene was missing its introduction. Yes, which was cut the day of the premiere. So did when you saw it at the premiere? Did it have the no. sex offender guy in it? No, it started no. right there. Just like yeah. it starts I mean, it's but... it's not terribly important. It works without it. No, that's what I'm saying. It it works well without it. But I think her whole introduction in no, introduction in this is was terrible, really. Well, there's also the bit later where she's like, McKenna calls her sunshine, and she goes, "I wish people would stop calling me that," and that makes no sense because someone called her that in that scene that was cut. So yeah. they really should have cut both of those. So yeah, like here, you see all his, all his language stuff, his language books on the desk. In the script and in the book, there's a more heavy emphasis on his, in, his interest in languages, which the, the film completely lacks. And I think it would have been a lot yeah. better if they focused on that being his interest, yeah. which is what then makes... It makes more sense with him being able to translate the predator stuff. It does, because I mean, what you were saying earlier, it would have worked better if he was he was older, like late teens or whatever, maybe. Or, although it would have might not have made sense with him going out trick or treating if he's yeah. Older. Well, we, we can avoid all that crap. It would, then. Yeah, it, it would have because I remember saying it worked because you get to the ending of the film and it feels. I've often said this feels like a Saturday morning cartoon version of Predator. In, mainly because that's reinforced with the little kid being the sidekick in the secret research lab at the end. Yeah, and it yeah. makes it feel really cartoonish. I like this scene, though. Yeah, I love this scene. 
I think he's funny. Yeah. And I think Sterling K. Brown is brilliant in this. Yeah. He's, like, he's just got a very unfortunate ending. <laughs> you don't realise he's gone. The worst death. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that line. I fucking love that line. It's posing a threat kind of the fucking point. Yeah. Scenes like this are the strengths of the film. Yeah. Yeah, this is Shane Black and yeah. Fred Decker firing on all cylinders yeah. here. But this is them at their best. They do this mm. kind of stuff good. See, that's the thing. With this film... I absolutely love the cast and I love the characters, but when it comes to the Predator stuff, and I think it, I think there's a large part of it feeling a victim of being ripped to pieces because it was to the point where the Predator stuff, the Predator lore aspect of it makes no fucking sense. And when I watch this film, it is me enjoying these characters and these actors Look, the problem is they were trying to reinvent the wheel with giving them a reason for getting spines and trying to convert that into the autism thing, but it would have been better if they had just gone back to basics. Yeah. And I, I do think the the cast was pretty strong. I thought Boyd Holbrook did a good job with Quinn McKenna, and I do like his character. And same with Traeger as well, but I would have liked to... Again, I'll always go back to this. I just find the original draft more appealing, and I think the reshoots probably mm. hurt the film. Oh, definitely. Even in terms of just internal consistency, it, it feels incoherent as a result of those changes made to the third act. But then you have the whole aspect of the fugitive apparently showing up to help us out and to reach those emissaries. I like how the U.S. Postal Service has not bothered to check this stuff at all. <laughs> like, I get stuff through the mail. Well, I remember the script, they explain some... that. They say that the, the embassy has immunity with, with murder, which <laughs> right. I don't know. Because I remember just getting some Alien Predator action figure stuff, and it's like some of it got held up because they're like, oh, it's not a human figure sort of thing. And yet <laughs> he's playing World of Goo. Yes. That is a good game. I like a lot of the armor, the new armor in this film. I do. They deliberately angled away from like a tribal approach to the predators. It, it feels like a natural evolution or a different tribe sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I I miss the tribal look to it though because it I is do. it is overly refined and again it goes back to me missing that orange and Aztec kind of look to the the ship because it adds to the mythological side of it it's i think one of the you know if you want to get some good pr for a new predator film i think if you release one of the first publicity images you just do yeah this is a new still from the new predator film and it just shows the aztec stuff on the interior oh, of the ship. Yeah. all yeah. the fandom would leap for joy no matter how bad the actual end result is <laughs> we'd just be like yes finally so we're now on the bus uh bus Every single one of these actors I fucking love. See, it's the individual constituent parts. They work nice in isolation. It's just mm. when it gets put together, it's like good ingredients, but when you mix them together, it doesn't quite. Yeah. Well, again, I, I, I tend to think it's just the, the Predator side of it that fails. Mm. Like if this was a heist film or something, it would kind of work probably better it's just they're trying to force an alien creature and a hunt into it i see i wouldn't even go that far i'd just say it's because they're trying to do too much with 
with the Predator mm. stuff. Shane Black in, I think it was the magazine, the official movie magazine. You know, he talks about giving the Predators a bit more to what they're doing. And I know a lot of people were pissed off with the whole taking DNA to improve themselves. Thing. Brain juice. Yeah, but he Black boils it down to they're obsessed with survival. Which I think is an interesting angle to take on it. But yeah. then when then when you get it in the film and it's this lizard brain shit and you want to find out if somebody's fucked a predator kind of thing where it just oh, it, it starts to fall apart a little bit because it's not yeah. taken I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with humor because all this shit's funny and and uh, thomas jane has a line later that had me literally crying in the cinema you love your aardvarks <laughs> i do love my aardvarks well i do find the idea of different clans having different practices and and the clans disagreeing about those practices interesting i mean shane black even said on social media that not all predators do this hybridization sort of thing and that's that was kind of my interpretation with the fugitive is that he was part of this group and he decided he was against what they were doing. And that's then the why film contradicts it. Shift. Because the fugitive has human DNA in it. Right. So he was part of that group and starting to hybridize himself, had second thoughts, and then decided to... It's, it's Fox trying, trying something new out and they found out it doesn't work. So they gave themselves an out, basically. I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with. No. This feel this part feels a little Hellboyish. I love this. I love the joke <laughs> and the response. I think it's brilliant. Every fucking time. See, that feels very cabin in the woods, very Joss Whedon dialogue. That that wasn't in the script either. Oh, wasn't it? No. But you've never done the Haunted Man. Yeah, Jake Beauty, who everybody thought, oh, he's going to have an, a character arc. It's going to make so much sense. Mm. And he so doesn't. <laughs> it's because he takes over the role of a, a, a barely. No. Here we got AVP references here. Yeah. Alien tail on the spear. Yeah. And Scar's helmet. Oh, so fun fact, the shoulder cannon uh, prop in this mm. film, <laughs> they brought a fan-made resin oh. version off of eBay and then, ca- <laughs> and then cast it and made modifications to it. Wow. That makes sense. I think it's been good enough. See, this whole concept is fucking... I love it. This whole concept is amazing. But the book does it so much better. Yeah. The Hunters it, and Hunted. It just doesn't... I remember seeing this, and my, my first impression was, why the hell is it so loosely held down? It's not even in its own little chamber. It's, I, I remember saying when we reviewed it, you, I, I said, you've got problems when Independence Day shows better security <laughs> protocols. Hey, you say that like Independence Day is a bad film. Independence Day is a brilliant I, know, I love film. it, but, but Independence Day, it doesn't take itself serious. I mean, there are points it does, and the points it does, it does well, but it's a tongue-in-cheek type thing. It's not trying to be yeah, well, serious. <laughs> yeah, and when you've got a Roland Emmerich film that does that better, then this feels very 
Here we go. Here, here's, here's a fangirl reference. <laughs> Somebody spread it out. Whole line about why do you call it a predator? I think that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I mean, predators are hunters, by the, unless you're talking about like carrion eaters, and then they're just scavengers. So it's interchangeable. Yeah, but it's all funny and her response to it and stuff like that. And, and the... I mean, yeah, it works as dialogue. I just think it feels superfluous as dialogue. And the thing is, she should go in there and say, look, you've got like a hundred scientists here. What do you need me for? You know what? The thing about the X-Mandibles aside, I do really like ADI's work on this. Like that skin looks like yeah. really believable organic skin. It's we haven't great. seen a predator without its armor just laying on a table before. And I, I do think that it's, it's pulled off quite well. I know you were saying the AVP Preds were a little dry looking, Aaron. See, I think that was just my fake memory of all the behind the scenes stills. Because every time I watch the film, I'm like, it doesn't look that bad. This, this is a definite improvement over Wolf and Scarlet on Mass, though, undoubtedly. Wouldn't they have used <laughs> the moulds they made up for AVP? Because they did naked predators in that, but didn't get used. They were going to uh, have uh, no, these, It was all brand new for this. The date on the City Hunter shot there was 1990. Yeah, the release date rather than... <laughs> <laughs> I think the release was 91, wasn't it? Was it ninety? Something like that. I mean, it was set in ninety-seven. So I think, I think you have to assume that was like a different hunt that's never been seen. No, it wasn't. It was ninety. It it was ninety because we did the thirty years, thirty days for thirty years. But yeah, I I do I do kind of wish they'd have gone for the red tone like Necker's figure with the predator rather than ninety-one because we did it in twenty twenty-one. Didn't we? No, we didn't. We did it in 2020. Last year oh. was Aliens. As uh... here, but this stuff with the character dynamic, it gets criticism because people say, "Oh, they're just one-dimensional characters." Now, the original film had characters you could accuse of being one-dimensional, but the difference with that is that they had arcs. The problem with these characters is they don't really have much of a an arc individually. And that might be to do with the sheer number of them. There's not because in the original Predator film, they, you know, they got whittled down. I don't know because these guys, they kind of stay as they are. I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't call them shallow because there's a lot going on with them. You know, yeah. we learn it later. You know, like the whole dynamic between Coyle and Baxley, I think is brilliant. And I actually quite like how they take themselves both take themselves out. And how Rhodes, um, Tarante Rhodes, I forget his character's name. Uh, Nebraska Williams. Nebraska, you know, I like how he goes out. <laughs> See, these performances are good. It's just that the, it's, mm. it's... See, here's the other thing. That, that part didn't really make you like, who in their right mind would just straight up say, oh, yeah, I've been with space aliens. And that. But they, they wouldn't speak up about that mm. kind of experience. Not when we're there with that kind of company. Yeah. So the fugitives, not fugitive, the uh, upgrade ships just shown up. And I actually quite like the the very hooked nose because it reminds me of the mothership from uh, AVP. Yeah. Well, I was going to say um, Flight of the Navigator as well. 
I've not seen Fly. I've got it on DVD, but I haven't oh, watched it yet. Wow, that's actually a good film. I, I think you'd find some relevance in it because it, there's stuff in that to do with a young boy. Oh, I would. I, I've I've got it downstairs to watch. But... Yeah, it, no, that's actually a good film for how they do that with the kid understanding the stuff to do with the spaceship is really well done. You see, okay, first things first. What the fuck does Kujad even mean? I could find nothing to do with any similar word. It looks like they just mashed the keyboard for that. <laughs> they probably did. And why the fuck do they have so much remote control in this film? You know what? I don't. I don't get it. Like it. It seems like the predators coming to get that in this court. But then, but then we pivot. But we then pivot to the predator hunt. Predator killer yeah. stuff, and it, it's fucking stupid. I hate how they, they've just got this random device that lets him yeah. tap but into a, the A lot of it, we, we don't know how much was the victim of the deleted scene stuff, because they cut out whole chunks of it mm. with the emissaries, and we don't know what. Some of that footage might be interspersed in weird places to make it make oh, sense. I can't even remember what was relevant about it in the script. Because in the script, the, the assassin was trying to get the arc back to get the hybrids back. I love yeah. that. I love using the mandibles offensively like that. That's the first time we've actually seen it bite anything yeah. on the film. So. Like this whole lab escape sequence, I think is fucking brilliant. Like that as well, using the body as a shield. It's, the, it's their own silly for all this... It's very cool, but it's got the Requiem problem where it just makes the human government forces look inept. They because are. what? Yeah, they are. They are <laughs> absolutely inept. Government forces are. Oh, that was brutal. I love that. And that as well, slash in the face. Now, I know they use the excuse of her grabbing the vial as to why they're trying to kill her later, but that's honestly one of the biggest problems in the movie for me is it makes so little sense because A... This feel this makes me cringe, Eddie. It feels like just an excuse to get Olivia Munn naked. <laughs> it really does. And I'm pretty I'm ninety-five percent sure that's literally what it was. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I I love how it got better with the mimicking as well. George Thomas J. And the hand as well. I love that. Oh, yeah. I love how brutal this dude is, fugitive is, even though, you know, he's supposed to be there to help us. But I really like his design <laughs> and the armor as well, just how sleek and futuristic it looks. It, it's like future samurai. I think it, I think it works really well. Yeah. And I think it's it adopting extra... the, the same pose Lex did in AVP when she sort of like gave Scar the. No, she's, well, I, I think she's more in a, a fetal ball there. Yeah, well, she got a need draw. I don't know. It might not be a reference. It's just. I love seeing fugitive use human weapons as well. Mm. So that's something I wanted to see more of in. From He's the not comics. a very good aimer, though, is he? he just like spraying. Yeah, I don't need to be. You see, this is supposed to be him. Well, actually, before we get, I hate this as well. I hate that he can tap into his helmet from another random helmet. It's yeah. Why would they even be networked? Yeah. 
I do think the translation's kind of cool, though. And I hate that I now cannot unsee it, but the folds in the mandibles. I cannot unsee <laughs> yeah, that anymore. It is particularly uh, not great in that shot. Well, there's some earlier ones as well. You know what the problem with doing the commentary stuff is? Is, is the scenes move on so fast that we can't talk as fast as... <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Let's just shoot the walls, yeah! <laughs> I do wish that Keys had had more to do in the actual film. I think it was a, a brilliant Easter egg, brilliant casting, and I'm glad he's still alive at the end of it. He just feels wasted, like they got the actor there. Yeah, well, I mean, it is wasted, really, because mm. it was just a bit part from the script that they rewrote. And I didn't get to say it, but can I also say how much I hate the beautiful motherfucker line? I loathe it yeah, it's so not, much. It's not great. I've just got to do a shout out to AJ here. Why are there boats everywhere? <laughs> well, see that, that alien. I love that. I, I love Thomas Jane. I've been rewatching Expanse as well. Fuck, he's brilliant. Thomas Jane is brilliant. I need to continue with that. I only got past like two or three episodes. Oh, you fucking heathen. You fucking heathen. I know. I will. I've just got so much else. (laughs) (laughs) See that right there? That's a great line. And just how they pivot here into this being... Because, you know, he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Thomas Jane's character knows what's cracking off here. And here's, here's an example of getting a comedian to do that role. Yeah. It plays the key's strength. I love it. Do you, have you watched Key and Peele? I think he's brilliant. Yeah, he's fantastic. The only thing yeah. here is he does some of like the facial reactions that it's, it's a little too comical. See, like the original music here, I quite like that. I remember watching this and I was waiting for like a hint of A team music to come yeah. in there because it felt like the A team. Mm. Now, the whole concept of the loon is you know, this, this PTSD damage thrown aside kind of thing. Mm. I think it's fascinating as well because I say it all the time when we do the, um, the EU things, how much I love it when they play with the character with PTSD. I really wish they'd done something with Olivia Munn's character where they had hinted in her introduction there'd just been some sort of line where it references like she does shooting as a hobby or something. I, see, I don't think I don't think that's ever necessary. That that feels like a dated stereotype. To I me. know, but it's just a little something because the problem is every single time this film gets brought up, like you always have someone say, oh, yeah, a scientist is really going to know how to shoot a gun. And I always feel, well, why would you criticism. I mean, it's America. Everybody knows how to use a fucking gun. Yeah. Well, not everybody, but, I, you know, we, 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 we've got a bleeding heart yeah. liberal on here who knows how to use his, his weaponry, don't we? But that's what I'm saying. You, you should, why wouldn't a scientist know how to shoot a gun? Hmm. So it shouldn't even be needed. That's That's... Societal problems. That's not film mm. problems. Yeah, 
just... David's here. I've just realized he's joined us. Hello, David. Hello, guys. You, yeah, you missed the like predator in bondage time, scene, didn't I? <laughs> you missed you missed one of the best sequences. Yeah, <laughs> you did. The, the lava oh. escape. So yeah, just to get you up to speed, we started with predator ships. One was chasing the other, and this predator crashed in Mexico. And the soldier guy, his men were killed. But he collected some of the Predator's gear, mailed it to himself, but his... his... He mailed it to his P.O. box. We yes. can't... Which hasn't been paid, so his kid collected the package. And his autistic child, his autistic which child who can use Predator tech. Oh, yeah, David hasn't seen this, have you? I oh, forgot. Yeah, and... Yeah, I, um, I've only seen the pictures and clips. Some pretty embarrassing clips, I had to say. Um, Let's get some to of the those were from the Halloween party when little child uses the actual predator helmet. Have you guys mentioned how the movie's plot bears some kind of resemblance to the old um, Not bad yet, blood no. comics? But both both this and uh, predators both try and do bad blood stuff that. They haven't done well enough. Exactly. I'd say they always try to make that storyline work in live action through yeah. different means. This scene um, is... But they never quite succeed. They don't do it at its simplest, which is the problem. Oh, they should God, just do bad That's simplest. horrible pose. Well, just just the, oh, what should we do? We found a female. Eliminate yeah. her. It's like, you don't want to give her a write-up, sir? Didn't it's, you just even her? Like, it's just like, here's an asset we, who's got expertise we can use. Yeah. Kill her. Who's totally Kill on our her. side, who even later yeah. in the movie is like, I'll help you. And it's like... No sense. I love this. I love this thumbs up. No, I love, that I love people's there. problems. Because I like, the fugitive yeah. has character here. I've got no objections to that. Can, since we also skipped it, can I also just go back and go, I fucking hate I'm a sniper. Get yeah. me close. That's contradiction <laughs> in fucking... But so having fighter jets up that close to a target, they wouldn't be. So, guys, you know, you're more expert than I am on this movie. So, why do the Predator dogs Okay, so ADI look designed the way. Predator dogs, and they, they did look better. I'm trying to remember the name of the specific artist who did them, but I think the producers wanted them changed, and they wanted the dreadlocks put on the dogs. So, I can show you pictures of the original dogs, which do look quite a bit better than the ones that ended up on screen. Yeah, this is interesting because it's like um, the second time that an on-screen creature design yeah. is changed to look more predator-like. Because I remember the Predalien also had a phase where the dreadlocks went there. But I also remember that they already had a hound design. The previous film. They had the, the creatures from, from, from the 2010 movie. Yeah. 
That looks so well, much better. One, I don't know why they changed it. It was because it. they wanted it to be a little more friendlier looking. Yeah. So they went with sort of like a pit, a pit bull mastiff. You prepare yourself of... for some really bizarre stuff. They've wait... Imagine the amount of budget it would have taken to realize these in CGI. As the film goes on, ask yourself how that budget should have been used and then realize what they've actually done with it. It goes nowhere. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know that many directions on this movie were quite controversial, to say the least. And you know, between studio decisions, original creator decisions that didn't quite fit. Yeah, I kind of like Alien Three. Not well. as bad. She is meant to be a scientist who was working for the secret U.S. government project, but. See, you know, this is like the start of a porno or something like that. And it's it's like Shane Black humor to the top. I'd say this movie shares a similar problem to Alien Resurrection, where the mm-hmm. director kind of infuses too much of his own humor. So in Resurrection, we had Jeune uh, doing it, you know, with a lot of... It's his, comical um, rather than comedic. Humoristic style. Yeah, horror comedy kind of moments. They're very sparse, but, you know, they're very specific. Whereas Shane Black said, yeah, yeah let's do a Shane Black movie, but it's a Predator movie too. All she has to do is press that trigger. Instead of the other <laughs> way around. Well, she does. She does. There you go. It's all part of the joke. But with Resurrection, the humor doesn't land for me. There's like one or two moments in that film where I actually genuinely find it funny when it's trying mm-hmm. to be funny. And that's in the dry stuff. There's so much of Shane Black's humour in this. I like when it's devoid of taking the piss of the Predator or taking the piss of the creature or the lore or the franchise. The humour on its own, it just entertains me so mm-hmm. much with this film. That's why it feels like such a weird tonal shift when the reshoot segment starts, because then it goes for more of that dark, moody, tense bit. And yeah. Which then gets stupid. (laughs) Which is also fucking rude. (laughs) Just sad. It is. Well, I was honestly excited for that format of a more action comedy. Like, I had watched The Nice Guys while I was hyped up for this movie. That's brilliant. And I thought it was great. And I was like, if they can take this format and put Predator in it, like, that could be something really new and different and interesting. The problem is he, there's no tension. And you need tension with the Predator film. Because this almost feels like a family, like a, a, fa- a thing you could take the family to, except where, you know, it gets gory. But the vibe feels, yeah, well, the, the, the vibe feels like, oh, yeah, let's take the kids out to see us predator film. It's. You mean something like four kids after night? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, four kids after way night? Back now. Fox Kids After Dark presents 
the Predator. Premiering on Channel It does feel a little childish in the humor a little bit. But then again, I'm a big child. That might be why. You know, I it's it's it. funny and entertaining enough until I really the point of the movie where it loses me is like right after Fugitive dies, and then I'm I'm kind of off the ride at that point. Hmm. I think to be fair, I think I said it when I saw it originally, but it it maintains such a, you know, it's like a problem with the very opening sequence, you know, with the the spaceships. It maintains such a quick pace that the film doesn't actually give you any downtime to really consider what's mm. happening until you finish with the movie and you go, well, that was stupid. That made no sense. That's the purpose. That That's why it happens. Like, it doesn't give you yeah. time to focus. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like with Requiem, exactly. that does a similar thing. But the movie has its defenders too. Like I do see a number of fans that really do like this movie. And I saw a few movie reviewers that were like, oh, this is the most underrated movie of 2018. And, you know, obviously yeah. I agree with that, but I love the sequence. It, it gave me flashbacks to like um, AVP 2010 and South China. I like Sea. this feel that it, they've got a holographic projector inside the mask. It's... See, I think we're seeing Fugitive right there. I think he is. Yeah, that's that's, that's quite how yeah. a predator would perceive that because a predator can only see heat. So <laughs> it's this it's the AVP problem. Yeah, you can see a number of different spectrums, but. And now around here, aren't we? Isn't there an Easter egg where you see the original Predator suit on a. Not, not yet. You not yet. see it in a little bit. Not yet. I want to see it. I've never seen it. But no, that, that was supposed to be the, the fugitive Predator, the normal Predator. Because he also has human DNA in him. I forgot this movie was also a shark crossover. I mean, not that I mind. See, here's the thing. How did he know that he hadn't... There it is. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, the original Predator It's like a cartoon version. I love that. I love that. Yeah, the whole recording thing, I think, is is ace because the Predators are vain enough to have their GoPro on the whole time <laughs> so they can share all the latest. Um... I, lo- I love that. I just I, I find this film so genuinely funny outside of the Predators. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got genuine humour. But as I said, the problem is, it's like David said, it's got that resurrection vibe of being comical as opposed it doesn't to feel comedy. Like a par- it doesn't feel like a parody. No, no, I didn't say parody, but comical as opposed to comedic. Like the original Predator, it was comedic, but it wasn't comical. Whereas here, you get these... There are just moments where it edges over into... It's yeah. very deliberately. But, you know, at least Resurrection, when you see it, like, disconnected from the fact that it's supposed to be an alien movie. It's a good movie, actually, when you see it disconnected from the other alien movies. But then it's the exact same sort of comments I have with this one, where it's like, there's a lot of the elements in it that I enjoy to do with Alien, to do with Predator, 
but then as a complete package, it, it just don't work. I think everyone would judge it completely different if it was its own original sci-fi film, if it didn't have Predators in it. But because it has that, it's exactly. always going to suffer with comparisons. Exactly. Resurrection. Like... Uh... Prometheus is another one. It would have been judged completely different. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it will not. not have that. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My ultimate insult for a person is like standing up straight to them and saying, "You're such a Prometheus." Some people will take that as a compliment. No, no, it's not a compliment. It's saying, <laughs> "Hello, Clara, if you're listening." Yeah, you're going to get some <laughs> trouble now, David. It's not that far of a skip from Australia <laughs> to Italy, is it? It's all in jest, of course. I'm not. I'm not that. You know, in the script, they didn't. They didn't like. They didn't ever question if they were going to join McKenna, at this point. They just mm. kind of went along with him. <laughs> he's got Tourette's, just so David's aware. He's got Tourette's. That's why he keeps swearing for no reason. The, the, this whole thing here with the remote and the seat. Mm. <sighs> Although, interestingly, the, Thomas Jane talked about it in the. In the official magazine, he said it was, um, what, what was it called? It's some sort of thing where as a result of PTSD, you tend, you take on elements of a different disease. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's your highlight of the movie. <laughs> I was literally crying in the cinema. That it's because it's, it's his reaction to having a gun put in his face. Also, it's like, where did they get this RV? And in the script, you... Yeah, the mystery like, Winnebago. Fully loaded with an ammo press RV. Yeah. Just so David is aware, McKenna, he's actually swallowed a, like a robotic ball that's really massive that's meant to be the way that predators cloak themselves. So at, the, at some point, he shits that out down the toilet. Which would be incredibly painful. <laughs> we'll point that out for you, and that can be a marker for the time snap. Yeah. Here's the autistic child who's going to murder someone at this point. Well, it's not him. It's the helmet. <laughs> I know, but he's not going oh, to... Oh, nice. 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 This is definitely a scene that happened in the movie. <laughs> this is yeah. definitely a scene that somebody wrote. I nice. hate that so much. Nice. They 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 wrote this scene. They 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 approved it. It yeah. went past drafts. They filmed it. They edited it into the movie. Damn, you're already nobody, enjoying this, aren't you? No David? one questions. <laughs> Why don't you just drop it? Now, if those were actual bullies, they'd be like, "No, you give us that shit." That's what bullies would do. But they go, "No." Nice little um, Tom Woodruff reference there. No, I won't. I won't give this helmet to you. What was the Tom uh, I'm Woodruff? I'm going to drop it to the ground. So it, it's, it's Woodruff Street. 
I had never noticed that. Before. Oh, <laughs> that's actually quite clever. In the script as well, um, they go to a John, a Jim and John barbecue. Well, they're near a Jim and Jim and John barbecue. Why has he gone to this empty sports field? Oh no, it's the predator <laughs> dog in disguise. No. Oh, the Predator dogs don't do anything different to this. Eventually. I do hate the auto-targeting mini-caster there. I mean, I knew the Predators cheat, but even that's too much. I'm all for expanding, but that really don't align for me. Now, that, keep in mind, that is not a dog that knows that child. That dog would be like a bit, don't touch me. So there's, um, this movie's another movie where you show the pit bull being very aggressive. As a propaganda. It's all right. It's friendly now. It's defending him now. It's, it's defending, but... <laughs> it's okay, Petter. It's not real animal cruelty. <laughs> Is that the kid who doesn't like loud sounds? Bang, bang, bang! Loads of cars. Yeah, it's completely the auditory okay. stuff is completely gone now. Yeah, it's completely gone. He's 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 at quite the extreme, and yet oh, he's covering his ears here, but he's not having a. I hate the design of those dogs. I really do. I wish I wish they'd have gone for the weirder stuff from the concepts, you know, with the weird bulb things on their heads. Yeah. So the dogs are basically, you know, alien creatures with a predator DNA in it, right? Not that you'd know. Yeah, in basically. The, in the film, but he shot a grenade into its mouth and it did nothing. Yeah, there it goes. But it wouldn't have that delayed reaction. No, because we see it as an impact grenade earlier. I hate oh, this. I think it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. What? He, yeah, he made him a nice doggy. Now it becomes. Frozen. It was supposed to be a bolt gun as well in the script, weren't it? Something like that. Yeah. What do you mean? He 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 shot it into being calm. Yeah. So this lobotomized it's that it. Basically. The film is that stupid. <laughs> the the dog doesn't actually. Yes, Somebody and the dog that. actually do anything. Now. I do like her being so keen to get samples. They approved it. They like approved that. it. Yeah. They filmed it. They put the VFX on it, and they put it into the film, and nobody questioned anything. Okay. I feel like I'm going to say this a lot in this movie. <laughs> yes, you are. There you go. Have some samples with your dirty, filthy alien dog flesh. <laughs> And this was actually the first scene with the Predator, I think, that they shot. Hmm. Now, some people say, like, they don't like the Predator mannerism here, where it's like, put your guns down. But I love it. I, yeah, I like it, too. I think it works. Well, I think they'd be aware of human culture enough to understand universal signs. That's why I've got no problem with when it hold, uses that severed arm as a thumbs yeah. up. This is a good scene. Hmm. 
you, this is what we're saying. It's interspersed with individual good scenes, yeah. but as a whole, it's what fits them together. I love all the weaponry being used here as well. I have an Evo, um, an Airsoft Evo. I have an Airsoft Chris, so I get off seeing all them, seeing them in this. <laughs> I mean, every movie, every movie has its moment to shine. You know, most this movies shot, has that. Really well. This shot is very good. But I also loved because I joined in during the lab escape scene, and I loved how ape-like the movements to the predator are. Uh, you know, the performer in the fugitive mm-hmm. costume. Brian Prince. Yeah, because w- he, when he shoots with a gun, with a... It looks kind of ape-like, kind of like Koba in the second... Um, in the yeah, yeah, yeah it does, yeah. So I like that. I like that a lot. Well, Brian's brilliant in this. It's got to be sad. I really do think he does a fantastic This was one of the um, promotional marketing shots, yeah. wasn't it? Him holding yeah. it. I actually really like the mask in this as well. It's different enough. Now... Here's the question. If the emissaries would have remained in the film, they both had the same mask. Do you think they should have had different masks? Yes, always. It's, it's such an ind- individualistic part of the Predators in the film. Well, it helps to differentiate them, I guess. But... Well, we've already seen two fugitive masks. They had one at the lab, which yeah. he took, and then the one which Roy had. But then are masks different because of personality, or is it different because of rank? But then, when with Wolf in AVPR, he has a. How does he miss? And he doesn't bother to shoot again. He just goes right. My enormous energy gun missed, so I'd better use my blade. <laughs> it's a stormtrooper storm disease. Yeah, apparently it is. that fight was supposed to be a lot more dynamic. It should have been a lot more to that fight. Apparently, they shot it a lot more to it. Because this, this is why the the. The predator itself comes across as inept. Yeah, a friend of does. mine always points out that shot of the pit bull just running out of nowhere, and he's like, "I want to know what <laughs> happened does. to that pit bull. Like, like, is he still running? Or doesn't do anything, does it? You'd expect it to have a unfortunate end. And... You see, thoughts on the concept aside, I do think this film does a better job with making it super predator seem more super than. Predators does. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, but it's dumb. It, it's not intelligent. It's just the Hulk as a predator. I mean, I, I don't really I don't really get this tendency in sci-fi franchises to just introduce like the original creature, but Hulk size. The bigger batter yeah, trope. Yeah. Just bigger. And super powerful. And the first thing it does is killing the um like yeah, that's what always happens. The Jurassic Park three to... started it exactly, and then and yeah. then you also had um, Underworld where they had the big yes Hulk, Hulk Laken in the fourth yeah. movie, which was literally the worst decision in that in that entire film series. They killed it, I'd say. 
what happens in every Predator film, they they have this cultural need to destroy all their equipment. And this is meant to be an enforcer of the Predator culture who just leaves an entire body with all its equipment just there for humans to find. No, but, you know, it's like with Japanese Godzilla movies. Every movie is bigger. Yeah. It's like they need they need that to, to show that bigger is better and, you know, more powerful. It's very... Yeah. Kind of a primitive uh, point of view, I'd say. Some people at this point would say, oh, well, what about aliens? But in aliens, the queen served the purpose. She was the one laying the eggs. That's very different they to They were all, all onto it. Like in Jurassic Park 3, the, the T-Rex and the Spinosaurus didn't, the Spinosaurus, sorry, didn't team up, you know. How they teamed up? How they teamed up? I think people would still find it ridiculous, but fans wouldn't be as angry. You know? well, what's weird too is like with Jurassic Park, like everybody hated that the T Rex got killed in Jurassic Park three initially, but now this long after, everybody loves the Spinosaurus. So I think you can do that trope in a good way because it, you know, it took repeated instances of that to become a trope. Like I feel like it worked in Predators because it was the first time we had seen that, and they really weren't that different. Yeah, but it's the, the problem is it's not earned. You you don't feel like that yeah. like in that Jurassic Park film the T Rex goes out quite kick. It's the pro. It's like in Return of the Jedi where Boba Fett is built up as this big, competent bounty hunter, and then he just falls in the Sarlacc pit because Han Solo just knocked him in by accident. Yeah, but sometimes that's how it goes. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it shouldn't. It should be. It should be earned. That was the point with Boba Fett. And I love it. We did it because Lucas couldn't figure out a way to do it otherwise. He just said, "Yeah, just get rid of him." See, I do love this. I love their whole dynamic. But I'm like, whose barn is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are they awake? Are they out of town? Like, you need an insert where just someone just comes out and saying, Who the hell are you people? <laughs> the helicopters show up, there's gunfire, there's grenades going off, and just, yeah, I guess they're just out of town. The lights are on. They left their lights on. Yeah but nobody's home, literally. <laughs> so one of the things I like in this one as well is that it's not a hunt as such, you know, the, the upgrade being like a, a police or detective. I think it's kind of cool. It's just a shame the whole motivation's all just butchered in this finished edit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I do like to see more of the predators outside of just a typical always-on-the-hunt context and it was this, mm-hmm. one of the reasons i really liked avpr as well is to see a cleaner predator and he was there to cover something up you know but then poor ray poor ray so on a scale from one to ten what would you guys give this movie for hollywood autism hollywood autism like hollywood portrayal of autism oh Ge- generified version not really, not really accurate to reality. Super powered, things like that. Yeah, I, I am autistic, and it depends where he's quite extreme on the spectrum. So, like, it's he's not typical of people with autism. There are some people like that, but most people with autism are not like that, and they definitely wouldn't be able to figure out the predator language just within a few. What is it? Hours. Uh-huh. It's, 
But if they'd have maintained that obsession with language in it, it would have given it some resonance, but it'd still been implausible. I've read many comments saying that the kid goes from being highly autistic to low spectrum autistic. Yeah, he he veers all over the place. It's not consistent. At the ending of the movie, yeah, he, it seems less pronounced. Yeah. He's quite happy and confident. I, I cannot wait to get to the ending. <laughs> oh, you'll love it. Yeah, I thought you I were know, just going to ask know. us what our score was of the movie itself. And Aaron, <laughs> I really want to go back and listen to that first review podcast we did of this movie, because I think it soured on all of us over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's so many jumps in logic in that scene inside the Winnebago as well, with her figuring out what's going off. Yeah. And it's like, why did she take the vial? Like, in the middle of all that, she's going to take the vial? Like, that makes no sense. Because the one dude said not to? That fucking lobotomized dog's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's just friendly for no reason. You know what would have been interesting? So the idea is that these are creatures with predator DNA in it, so they share certain ele- elements of a stack with a predator. But what if they were actually predators that were regressed <laughs> into creatures? Splice with the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a punishment, <laughs> so that they're Mario turned Brothers into gray creatures and hunted by other predators. <laughs> you know, the ultimate hell for a predator being turned into prey. That yeah, would have been be interesting. I don't know how you would convey that, but it would be yeah. good for a parody, maybe. <laughs> I think you're oh, on your own. Come on, idea, it's but... interesting. It's an interesting concept. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. <laughs> Go get the grenade. Go get the grenade, yeah. doggy. <laughs> That's another thing. There's, there's a severe lack of visual clarity in what goes on in the film. Uh, the whole sequence with the raptor shooting down the upgrade ship. That's not very clear. <laughs> I'm so mad at you for not dying when I wanted you dead <laughs> for no reason. Well, it feels very Marvel. A lot of this film feels like a Marvel film. And of course, you know, Shane Jackie directed Iron Man 3, yeah. so that's going to be there, but still, it feels like a Marvel film. He wanted it to feel like a tentpole Marvel film where you got yeah, for audio. He did. It was very deliberate, yeah. I'm just going to tell you everything we know, and then I'm going to yeah. have you killed. <laughs> he is basically a Marvel villain, this guy. I do think the humans as an endangered species interest in his ang- in, uh, anglers interest him. Not again, not that the film goes anywhere with the thing, because it's all over the place and a complete mess. But, you know, this idea of perhaps us dying out, so they're like, oh, best get the fun in while we can. I think it's pretty interesting. See, this is... <laughs> I can almost imagine Black Widow being her in her place. Well, it just feels so Marvel. Well, it, I mean, that's a, that's a scene Tied in a uh, Avengers, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This, this, hot, this idiot's telling me his entire plan. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And you can imagine her going, oh, yeah, thanks. That's what I needed to know. <laughs> And she's literally like, let me help you with what you want to do. Yeah. He's like, no, I think I'll just have you killed. I'll just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
this I like this sequence coming up because I think it's another good look at how good upgrade is. Penny arcade. Hmm. The kid's got a nice basement room. He has. It's weirdly good for a <laughs> kid that age. I love that. I love the violence and the predator fighting in this. I'm not sure how I feel about the, the super telescoping wrist blades in this, though. Because mm. they just they just disappear back into the gauntlet. I mean, because, you know, without the limits of practical effects, they can do whatever they want. So. That looks CGI. It looks too CGI. It, it looks does. too yeah, artificial. It, 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 it. Yeah, it's very Just in obvious. the face. It, it's too obviously CGI. Like, the movement is fine, but... Um, I'm drawing a map to the spaceship for you guys to use. <laughs> yeah. Did any of the artists involved with the design explain why they gave it, like, the dinosaur legs? No, I don't think that ever came up. I don't know, Aaron. Did you read the art book when you were prepping for this? Yeah, I, was, I read the art book. I don't remember it coming up. I think it's just they were trying to make just a bigger... Better predator. They just oh, tried come to. On. That's all they were trying to do. Uh, and of course, it's better if you get dinosaur legs. Yeah, that, they they weren't really putting much thought into it. They were just trying to make it look like what is the ultimate predator? Maybe it's because there's some cloned alien DNA in there. Oh my god! There you go. No, here's the thing: cloned dinosaur DNA. That will get the fanboys worked on. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, in AVPR, you did have a Triceratops skull. So who's to say, <laughs> you know? So Right. <laughs> it's true. That's true, yeah. Very true. You know, we're creating a whole new conspiracy theory. Didn't they have, like, the AVP lance in this? Sorry, man, but I'm just... Yeah, earlier, yeah, the AVP spear, yeah. We saw that earlier. So, so the AVP movies are canon to this? In this, yes. So the Triceratops is also canon. Well, it's probably a Triceratops-like alien or... No, it's a Triceratops, Eric's Triceratops. Bone wouldn't have lasted that long. Look at that friendly predator dog. Really? Have a grenade. You see, they, you, you don't, it's not telegraphed enough when they throw it, that's what it is, and it's a bit like that later on. So this is um, Madagascar, Madagascar penguins now. I, I, I've honestly never seen the film, so... Look, Black Widow, she goes over with the chair. She's Black Widow. <laughs> like one of the penguins in those movies were, that you know stores things in his stomach and basically does the same thing. He, he burps up things, just like the predator dog here. So the whole thing with Rory seeing the knowing where the crash predator ship is is out of nowhere in the film. You know, the script makes it really obvious that he witnesses Virtually it everything is. I'm definitely a little drunk by now. I don't know how many of you are. It's still <laughs> midday for me, so I'm trying to take it a little easy. I'm, I'm on my third game. That could have been... That looked prime for, like, a, an Alien 3-like sequence. They totally missed out. 
I took some elephant tranquilizer to go. To oh, good. <laughs> it, it will be a much worse experience right now if I were with you guys. Completely enraging. See, imagine fishing through your shit for that as well. Come on. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I did. The first review, I said, he's taken a dump. And he, anyone who touches that, <laughs> you know where it's been. Well, I'm sure he washed it off. Come on. That's not gonna be Notice he doesn't tell anyone. <laughs> it's still so stupid that like I'm gonna shit this out on demand. Yeah, because <laughs> he knew he was gonna be that regular. I cannot wait to give this movie half a star on letterboxed. And this I think right right after this next scene is where the, the reshoots start. start. Yeah. Right before hmm. the ship crashes. Or right before we get to the ship crash site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was it was a whole being transported, and it was all the Area Fifty Two stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if David will. You saw the main villain. See if you can figure out how what happens to him at the end, because we're going to be interested to see if you can figure out what happens to him. You mean the the bad guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. It's one of those things where a lot of people just don't realise. Yeah, it, I had to go and see it again before I understood what happened. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Predator dog. Look at that. Jurassic World. It's Jurassic World time, guys. Just follow him. Well, this is like, it's, it's a Disney movie, but this is before Disney got involved with Fox. They got so, a friendly yeah, predator dog. This makes no sense because this is supposed to be the ship at the beginning of the movie that was over Mexico, happened to just crash here in Georgia. Yep. Whereas in the script, the Ark was the only one ship that was kind of being fought for control over by the upgrade and and Fugitive, which makes much more sense. So... Yeah. Now, when this was filmed, though, was this meant to be the ship which was the Ark? Was this meant to be the design yes. for the Ark? Yes. So this would have had all those Predator creatures in it. Yes. Hybrids. Mm-hmm. And you it still see the hybrid, sh- the hybrid uh, containers in here. Right. Because it looks a bit small to contain that many. Well, there's at least like six, I think, and some of them are smaller creatures. Yeah, I mean, we even got a glimpse at some of the practical creatures in uh, the behind the scenes photos. Like, we saw the leaks. I liked them. I I liked a lot of them. Not all, but I liked a lot of, especially the spider predator. That looked really cool. Keegan Michael Key. What's his character's name again, Aaron? Miss Baxley or Coyle. I can't remember which way around it is. See, autism cures everything. They're literally going to weaponize autism. So you're going to have predators with social problems and they're going to avoid violence. That's the thing about autism. You avoid confrontation and violence and it's the exact opposite of yeah, what a predator is, would want. Which is why I find this movie's portrayal of autism kind of problematic. Yes, well, it is. You're not on your own there. Well, not only no. with that, but just with uh, Tourette's, you know, it goes to the very cliche yeah. like, uh, oh, he keeps swearing. Haha, <laughs> That's funny because he has Tourette's and... It's a very I know, Hollywood. I know what I know what Tourette people are like because I did some research on them, and they're mm. not they're not like this most of the time. The I keep swearing kind of stereotype comes from one type 
of symptom, which is cacophonia, which is not like even a quarter of what Tourette's is. So it, again, a very problematic kind of thing I hear. Well, I think it's, it's fair to say this movie is to Tourette's and autism what Black Widow is to real Russian people. <laughs> I think if you say that, if you if you can say okay, that's a weird, that's a weird comparison, but okay, I'll allow Russian it. people view Black Widow as an insanely superficial version of how actual Russian Oof. people are. See, the funny thing is, as well, is that Shane Black has Tourette's. Yeah, and he it was his son, wasn't it, that had Asperger's? His other son or nephew said it or there something. As well. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe, yeah. and we don't know what came out during the, you know, the different drafts. And but again, I think the actors put in good performance. Like Olivia Munn, she puts in a good performance. Mm. It's just the the script they have to work with is very superficial. That's. I don't blame any any of the performers. I think all the performers, including the little kids, they do good with what they have to hand. It's yeah. like Kate Beckinsale in Pearl Harbor. She does good with what she's got to hand, but you can only do so much. I mean, again, I'm not qualified to judge a, a portrayal of like autism yeah. or Tourette's, and I don't think it's a negative portrayal either. I don't. Think no, it's not negative. Any ill intent or anything. No, definitely not. It's just um, it's Hollywood, unfortunately. So, Adam, I know you pine over that third act, but do you not think this is better than the um, anti-government Cuban food truck with his bikini? <laughs> no, <laughs> I I think this is worse because, again, I like it feels like the Shane Black craziness was just ramping up, and I would have liked to see that Shane Black craziness. <laughs> At this point, it just feels like the movie is stalling, 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 and then it gets boring. You t- you find all this boring? I mean, once we get into the woods, yeah. Maybe not quite yet, but... Oh, this is so Bishop too. My head's gone, I must. <laughs> I mean, this seems all right, but I, I still would have liked to have seen what was originally... See, I, can't, I, can't get, was I can't get over the Cuban truck, though. It's <laughs> ridiculous. The Cuban food truck with his, his bikini daughters. See, I know I'm drunk because I'm just finding that hilarious. <laughs> and that's where I guess Trigger gets shot in the head in both the script and this, but in this one he shoots himself in the head. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Yeah, this is what I've just shot out of my... T- <laughs> in the lavatory. I do miss seeing the emissaries, though. Like, I know a lot of people had an issue with them being in human camo and all that kind of stuff. Were they the ones in human camo? Yes. I thought they were other ones that were like too much no. human DNA. No, they, they had all the camo on. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with that because it's supposed to be scientists. Maybe they don't have the kit on them anymore. Maybe the cloak doesn't work anymore. They've been living in Area 52 for over a year, and I just love the idea of these emissaries. Oh, God, yeah. They... yeah. Edward Olmosk's character is like... Um, oh, I love that harpoon gun. They're peace emissaries, that. but they still want to go out and hunt because they're still predators, so we let them go out and hunt. And I, I thought that... That's a, that is a nice um, action sequence there with that harpoon. I love the harpoon. And that reverse shot as well. That's exactly the same shot yeah. as from before. I think the stunt work in individual points, the stunt work is really nice. It's brutal, which is really it's, nice. It's choreographed brutal. very well. I yeah. Think. Yeah. 
But then there are other points where, again, it gets comical. It feels cartoonish at other points. So it's yeah, it's just the blending doesn't work. Also, the the car chase from the trailer, well, the APC chase looked really cool. Like they had flipping cars exploding and stuff. So I'm like, I still hope someday we get to see that cut. I know this film, they probably wouldn't invest in that, but. It's never going to happen. Know, it's, but, well, then again, I mean, we could have said that over the assembly cut. So maybe in 10 years' time, 20 <laughs> years' time, when they do the Predator quadrilogy. Hey, look at this. They've all got weapons. They've all got, like, they could call on assistance, blah, blah, blah. They know this Predator has gone inside this spaceship with only one exit. And what do they do? They scatter. They go away. They got a kill box right there. Yeah, but they've already seen the exoskeleton, so they know it's bulletproof. I always miss miss out on the exoskeleton. It always. I love. I actually quite like that as a concept. I quite like the exoskeleton. I never see it change into this bulletproof skin. Oh, it's it's very obvious. Yeah, it goes from like a black it. to a black and red kind of tone. Time advance. I know the critical drinker pointed out because it didn't make sense that it could stand up to so much stuff. So I know I'm well, not. Well, then you're not, pay, not paying attention, brother. You're not paying attention. I know I'm not, but it's I blame the movie. <laughs> well, I suppose if it's not entertaining, poor workman. So I blame my tools. Yeah, I, I blame myself for that. It's not the thought. It's yeah. just I wish it had been a little more obvious. That's all. Yeah, I was like I said earlier with the close ups and stuff, I do like this whole sequence coming up here now with the the predator bomb thing. I don't think it's telegraphed but like, very what well. What I'm saying is they they could have used a kill box here. How are they hoping to survive more by letting it chase them? It's not like it would be more survivable to let it yeah, chase. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Like at least they'd know where it is in one, but and they could somebody mm. could call for backup or something. Yeah. Is that bloody thing that they wasted budget on again? Like we do not see what the fuck that is. So you have no idea that's supposed to be a predator bomb. <laughs> I don't. I, I do not think this film is very well edited. I don't think they ever brought out a toy of that thing, did they? Because it, it's like it's well, really made for a couple I suppose you do see it there, but you don't see what they throw, really. You yeah. don't. You don't get a, cl- a good close up on that. It's already gone after grenades and stuff. It literally vomits them. <laughs> and, and and you know what? As well, I love this concept of humans using predator technology. So Traeger strapping up, I think, is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just a shame that you know, there's no explanation. It's not earned in the film at all. It's no. not like fucking showing up with the the plasma rifles in hunting grounds. No. It's not earned, and it pisses me off. There's so much in this film where I'm like, that is cool. Even in the Robert Rodriguez um, script for Predator 3, where, you know, you see the human operatives using Predator-inspired weaponry in that. So you know they've been training with it. Read at the end of the film, the... the... No, the, 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 on the first part, where they, you see the introduction of the film, you, you're led to think it's predators, but it's humans. I do like this part a lot, where he's like, oh, you need to catch yeah. her, it's going to come back. Because I always had the suspicion that the Shuriken was like a smart... A oh, come smart on, disc. really? And this kind of confirmed yeah, that. What, what the sh- I mean, look at that. He's, he's his own 
guy and he just shoots kills him for the hell of it. It's where it gets a bit cartoonish. And the CGI on this bit is terrible. That's because these are all the reshoots, man. Yeah. See, that bite is good, but those eyes are cartoonish. The eyes are where it fails. See, they all believe it can be killed by gunfire. Because they're all shooting at it. See, I kind of feel like Predator, as much as I enjoy Predators and the Predator, have ruined so many cool concepts for the Predator, uh, for the Predator franchise. How do you mean ruins them? Well, like the whole bad blood thing. They've tried to do it twice and it sucked. Traeger using it didn't all the suck weaponry in Predators, on this. Though. Well, it wasn't portrayed very well in Predators. Well, were they even trying to portray it, though? <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of the conflict. I mean, it was just two clans with a conflict. They weren't going... Yeah, I don't mean necessarily the idea of of Bad Blood, but the conflict of Predator versus Predator. We've had two films that have done it poorly. You have to keep keep in mind that at this point in this film, the Bad Blood concept has basically... It died when it killed the other Predator. So at this point, it's no longer a Bad Blood thing. Well, I'm talking about one of multiple things it's been doing, you know. Yes, yes, yes. It didn't, it could have, like, there's a whole film which, a whole story which could have been structured around the bad blood thing. And they mm-hmm. didn't. They just used it as like a cameo, like, here's your bad blood. And then they, they carry on with something else. Yeah, let's waste some ammunition. That's good. Well, he's only trying to get attention at this point. Why would you want to? Well, that's the point. That's what they're trying to do. Because they're trying to get into the kill box. See, they just don't feel like characters who have military experience, yet they're meant to be veterans. It's, again, it's very Marvel. All they're trying to do is get his attention here. I don't think you can give them that one. Now, here, here is the villain. Let's see what happens. It's not this bit. It's not, it's not quite Is yet. it not? Okay. No, it's not quite yet. All right. I say this as somebody who's watched it once in the last like two years. I, I know yeah. they say blink and you miss it, but I think the first time I saw this, I literally blinked and missed it because yeah. I was like, wait, did he die? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do kind of like that that POV stuff though. And the, the Ion Cannon here. I love the Ion Cannon. I, I miss the original P1 and P2 POV. Mm. It's up with the Terminator films when they try and do like new funky stuff. I, it, the one thing about Dark Fate is they actually made an effort of reproducing the original Terminator oh, yeah. head-up display. <laughs> Looks like talcum powder. It just does. See, even the music feels heroic. It doesn't feel... He's just laughing. See, here. (laughs) It makes literally no sense as to why that even triggers. And why did she she even yell his name? What was she trying to do? Exactly. It feels like that is a victim of deleted scenes. It's poor editing. But if it's not, oh my God. Whoever edited this film sucked. 
I that would have been a perfect, a perfect cue for an aardvark <laughs> quote. Yeah. Funny little bit of trivia here. Some of the sound effects of the Super Predator are taken from a, from a Jurassic Park video game. Really? Yeah, yeah. Some of the roars are from the uh, Carcarodontosaurus from Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. And it had this kind of peculiar roar that you can hear coming out of the Super Predator like right more than was in this movie. Right when they lit him on fire, right? Yeah, some of those, yeah. And it's also coming up right before he gets, you know, chopped up. I've just remembered there's a superb parody of the original Predator. This has reminded me of they're using the Return of the Jedi Ewoks in Predator and they're making out the Ewoks are the Predator. It's fabulous. Come on, kill me, kill me now. I can't even see who edited this. <laughs> they don't want their name associated with it. Maybe they're watching this commentary. Don't be too mean, Aaron. They did the best with what they had. I'm Harry sure. B. Miller 3. The third. What's he worked on? He's worked on... No, my boy, you took my son. A lot of television from the looks of it. It does feel kind of televisual. It did work on Tremors 4. So, you know. I remember that being fun. Yes, it's mostly television. Children of Dune, the miniseries, Bones, a town called Eureka, Dollhouse, Paprika. Here's the thing. That Predator... It didn't just come to Earth to kill the other Predator, because it stuck around. So at this point, what is its mission meant to be? Well, this is when he wants to capture the autism. Yeah, I think it did just come to Earth to capture that other Predator, but then he's asked by his clan, human leads, okay. if any, and he says several. So maybe he right. just mid-mission decides, oh, I'm going to... And at this point, McKenna has become the Skywalker of the Predator franchise. <laughs> they want another. There is another. <laughs> and everybody under, how, always wonders how she managed to show up with the um, when the Predator ship crashes. And in the script and the novel, she... <laughs> She robs a, a motorcycle cop and really? uh, steals his bike. Yeah, and follows Wow. Him. This university <laughs> science professor with her grenade launcher assault rifle just <laughs> steals a police she's, bike. She's, yeah. This is what I said. If there'd been a, <laughs> some sort of dialogue about her like being a weekend militia or something. You're telling me you've never used a grenade launcher, Adam? Yeah, we don't all have grenade launchers in the United States, contrary to popular. I thought you all had something in a cupboard, just in case. Something in a cupboard. <laughs> well, I don't know. Adam's been shooting. That's true, but not grenade launchers. Maybe something. What the hell is it? Like, this you guy would if you had the choice, Halo or Surely. Well, there, there he goes. Poor Nettles. No. 
I never no- really noticed it in the film, but apparently he's coughing throughout the film because um, the actor decided he had lung cancer mm. with the smoking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not through very well. Finally gets to succeed at killing himself. Mm. What the hell? Why don't you just... <laughs> Although, to be fair, why, why is that not shielded anyway? I know. Yeah, you think, That's what well, I'm saying. What maybe would, the shield would prevent the intake. I don't know, but why does it even need Like, if he has to back. do that, just throw the gun in there. Yeah. Don't throw yourself in there. It doesn't... I, I do like this, though, the sliding on the inside of the shield. I don't know. The shield feels so Halo to me. Like, the hard light shield. I'm like, oh, that <laughs> so does not feel make right. I mean, there's only he, so he many just, ways you can he just pull the shield, out. though. I just never thought the ships in the Alien and Predator universe had shields. It goes back to like AVP 2010 where Predator ship just blows away the Marlow in like three shots and like that that sort of idea of like... I mean, human ships, sure, but Predator ships... What happened there? He, he used that harpoon, but it's not like he's, he's injured him. It's somehow it, it just wrapped around him. Mm. What happened there? It just wraps around his leg. So he, yeah, can, he kills so he everyone else right here. But yeah, That's all the predator tech in this movie, if it's the instant jump drive, if it's the shields, even the aesthetic of the ship, it just feels too Star Trekky. Here's where it copy it copies Dragonheart of all films. Man, <laughs> you and David are both uh, name dropping films I have never heard of. It feels a little bit Dragonheart-ish. Where oh, it's, Dragonheart. It's like the Sean Connery, yeah, the, the, you know, the Sean Connery dragon, it just drags someone through the woods. Not for long, though. I have not seen that movie in a long time. Yet. Oh, it's great. It's, it's not actually the least bit like the writers wanted it to be. They, MP they, Possaway in that. Yeah. And they made four direct-to-video sequels. So how the fuck do you miss the armor turning on there? Yeah, I do like the arm-mounted plasma caster. That's yeah. cool. See, I always liked it in Predator 2, and I always liked it in Primal Hunt as well, even if it is actually a shit weapon in Primal Hunt. But the and the whole concept of it, I like. I do not. I feel it needs to be like a guided, hands-free thing. And that's all set. That's all set. Or artificial jungle that is. Yeah. I don't even remember her being given the cloaking ball, do you? Well, it should, there's a, no. I noticed it this time. There's a shot of it just rolling on the ground. There you go. Rodeo time. Well, you know what? That's another stupid thing as well, because in the script, they actually sort of um, point out about the dreadlocks being like a sensory organ. And I think it gets like one throwaway line in the film. But what she's supposed to be doing there is fucking about with his dreadlocks to disorientate. Um, now, the would, here's the thing. They've flown possibly hundred of miles. Where the hell did that dog thing come out? They locked, no, they, locked the it up in the van. running the whole time. <laughs> he just decided, how would it even track them? He just roared. And that roar he just did was from the Dress Park game. Kakaradonosaurus, he said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how the fuck are you supposed to really know that's... How would he know how to even find that? Kablooey. (laughs) I just got this... When you said that, I got this image of, like, 
Marvin the Martian going, there's meant to be a kaboom. <laughs> Where's the kaboom? I hate this. I fucking hate that. Like, so bro, much. you asked him. Let him let him let him answer. And that's oh my god, that CG there is dog awful. So artificial. Yeah, I mean that was a scene where they could have used practical because mm-hmm. it wasn't really doing anything. Then yeah, because they already had the, the torso. I think what mm. happened with that last shot is they had a longer sequence. They realized it looked fake as fuck, so they took only a few seconds from it, and then they stretched them because the frame rate looks off. Uh-huh. Yeah, frame rate can of often be the, the yeah. Son, here's all the men I met last night that died for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody mentions all the people that kid killed. <laughs> Thing is, he's going to get away with it because nobody's going to even suspect. The oh, dog. there's a Blade Runner, Blade Runner reference. <laughs> Poor Nettles. I'm so glad the Arnie um, cameo was cut, you know. Oh, yeah. I think they, I think they handled it so much better with. Um, it would have been cheesy ground. as the rest of it, really. It was just it was so much more satisfying in Hunting Grounds. And now McKenna is the leader of Stargazer. He destroyed that entire government program, so the government decided to bring him in to lead it. Well, that's, that's another one of the things where it's it's just a victim of all the cuts because it was a it was an unsanctioned rogue sort of operation. Right. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, they would never have had that. Well, what's funny is in the the audio logs for blonde, Predator right? Hunting Grounds, they talk about McKenna in charge of Stargazer for a little bit, and they're like, "Yeah, he didn't really have any experience running a clandestine government organization, <laughs> so it didn't really work out." He is blonde here. What the hell? Oh, he's, he's blonde throughout the film. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! See, just to show how much I. Yeah, they filmed a few endings for this beyond just the the infamous Ripley and Newt ones. Like they had the baseball game ending, I think was the original one. The baseball game? Yeah. I don't remember hearing this one. Yeah, he was at oh, his kids, so like, this is the ending game. scene. Yeah, here's that. Here's what you. Here you go, David. This is the awesome part. And oh, you know what no. fucks me off as well is the oh, pod no. has English on it. <laughs> it does. It has English. At least writing. they managed to remove the Wayland logos. I think. Yeah. I think I'm gonna, you know, speak Italian gibberish just just so <laughs> how pleased I am. Look at that. See, the, here's where it gets car- well more cartoonish. The kid is in charge of a secret. You, yeah. he's the comedy psychic. He's literally become the comedy psychic. <laughs> how do you say scared shitless in Italian? Non vedo l'ora di uscire da qui perché mi sto cagando sotto. There you go. <laughs> You heard it here first. You know what? The, this end sequence ruins whatever goodwill this film had. Sort of. I mean, you do understand why, that like, because it feels like it needs something a little bit more, but it could have ended with just, like, going into the Predator ship and then finding, like, an additional section they hadn't gone into or something and just leaving it ambiguous for the sequel. I think when I when I saw this at the premiere, this was the only 
time where I had legit just face palmed in a movie theater <laughs> was when this happened. Well, it's because you don't get time to think about it. And this scene is that bad. Nobody was wearing like biohazard or and radiation like, what the suits. Fuck is even the point of a pod that big for that fucking thing? I know. The point right? is they had to use it because they made it for Ripley and Luke. They did. Yes, they did. <laughs> I think it's fucking hilarious that of all the companies to work on the effect, it was hydraulics as well. It's the black goo from Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. It is actually. That is actual black goose. Oh, no. The crossover. Yeah, yeah. It's a Predator that... Iron Man suit. So bad. Hey, Prime 1 actually made a pretty badass-looking statue of this. So here's the thing. McKenna has seen him. Basically, that guy's in agony. And he's like, I want that. Didn't hydraulics do the CG? Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, yeah. I think it's fucking hilarious that Hydraulics did that awful yeah. piece of shit. Mm. After what and the, w- the weird thing is like laser designators on the weapons themselves, which makes the laser designators themselves utterly pointless. That's when so, so, guys, somebody wrote this. Somebody, <laughs> this uh, was one of this. several different so, Somebody, endings. you know, filmed this edited this, put it into the movie, and nobody questioned it. Oh, I'm sure there were one or two people questioning it. I wonder at what point they went, what the fuck have we made? Maybe it was when Shane... Did we finally when... find what happened to that pitbull? <laughs> I think at one point it was supposed to be like Newt from the Alien movies. It was, Newt and Sagorn and uh, Ripley. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Time no, 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 no. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. You would have. You have terrible taste. <laughs> Who? Adam? Adam does, yeah. He likes AVPR, so is it Adam Adam can go from, you know, having really good taste to having bad taste. Hey David, there's a few movies that you love to death that are very maligned, like Godzilla ninety eight. So you're No, really no, see, if you like Godzilla ninety eight, it means you have very Extremely good taste, okay? Well, in comparison to some of the other Godzilla films, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, at end of the day, we, we will all have our guilty pleasure films. Like, I love all the Starship Troopers. I, I like Van Helsing and Terminator 3, but I acknowledge they're oh, awful. Starship Troopers, guilty pleasure. No, I mean all of them. I, I enjoy 2, 3, and 4, 5. Oh, my God. That's different. <laughs> Which ones? Well, four and five were the anime ones, and those were yeah. actually pretty good, I thought. Aaron, why'd you stop it? We gotta watch the credits. No, we do not have to watch yeah, the credits. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I wanna see who is responsible. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I salute those who were... Can we say they made a good effort of sort of trying to make it cohesive with what they had to... Um, work with considering all the deleted stuff this is one of the ones where you have to wonder just how much fox butchered it yes how much of it was also kind of like dead on arrival (laughs) yes exactly yes concepts i i mean i would watch an assembly cut of this where they restored the emissaries out of pure morbid curiosity but i would in no way think it would be better 
I think just for the practical effects elements is alone, like some would get some more enjoyment out of that because those are two more predator designs that are gonna be niche though. It's not gonna be, but that's it's it's not gonna gonna improve it. It's that's for it's for the niche crowd. That's why you do those. Yeah, actually, actually, I really do like the fugitive, but you know the practical effect and the design of it. I thought it was a nice um, compromise between you know the. ADI predators we've seen so far and the original predator. Yeah, I mean, ADI didn't do the armor. The fugitive predator. Would you say that's the best predator ADI have done so far? There's two sides to this question. Because on one side, you have like the predator as a creature. And then on the other side, you have the armor and the weapons. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'd say as a creature, you know, with the face, this is the best predator ADI has done so far. No question. And as far as the armory goes, I think another company did the designs. Yes. Wasn't it Quantum? I think it was Quantum, yeah. Yeah. Quantum FX. I know there was, there was another company because the ADI people, they said that they, like with the dogs, they, they had made things up and that they weren't used and certain yeah. things were beyond their control yeah. and blah, blah, So blah. when it comes to the armor, I'd say AVP takes the cake. I love Celtic. Uh, helmet, my favorite Predator helmet by far. So yeah, there's that. So AVP takes the cake for the armor, and the Predator takes the cake for you know the creature itself. For me, it's it's got to be a wolf. Like I've always loved that design, both unmasked and with with the armor as well, because he was just like such a cool, lean, battle scarred old Predator with this messed up face. Like I I just think Wolf is fantastic. So he's got to be my favorite. But I love the fugitive design, and I do hope we see it in the digital space soon in Hunting Grounds. I think that would be a great addition. I think the performances of the um, the people inside the suit, it, it's like the people who are not in suits, the people who are playing the human actors, the, the actual performances of the Predator, there's no faulting like the body language and stuff. It's just, it's just the script and the situations they had to play a part in. But everybody in this film who was a performer, including, as I said, the little kid, there, there's nothing wrong with the performances. It's just the material they had to work with, which it, yeah. it just didn't gel as a whole for me. Yeah, I think it just needed a few more drafts and not have the studio interference, you know. And you have to wonder how would it have been if Shane Black knew ahead of time that the emissary stuff would not have been there? What would he have replaced that with? Because that's that's the big thing. We know all that storyline because you had almost the guy, the guy in Battlestar Galactica who most people would remember he played a, a Dharma and you know he was in Blade Runner. Right? He played this general character. Yeah, he he played this general character who had this entire storyline with the emissaries. He was doing this sort of Area 51-esque type meeting with aliens kind of thing. And he had this whole thing. All that got cut out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm guessing a lot of this stuff might have almost been B-roll, which got... replaced it what would black have replaced it with if he knew ahead of time none of that was going to make it to the final cut i don't think it's going to improve what we had but it might be interesting to see his thoughts on what he would have done if he'd have known that was going to be taken out i wonder if it would have been more coherent even if it was not necessarily something that people would have liked i do think it would have been yeah just just having read the script and having talked to someone who saw a test screening of the original cut, and they told me it was better. It was much better. I still think we would have had problems with it, but I think 
I think you're probably right, Aaron, that Hollywood saw the fan reaction to those leaked emissaries and they probably got nervous. And maybe there were one too many surveys at the test screening that said, oh, this is too funny and it's not scary. So they're like, well, we got to reshoot this and make it scary and make it at night and take up these predators that the fans laughed at. But overall, I do think it was misguided, just like with the thing prequel, uh, unfortunately. Uh Sorry if you like this movie. (laughs) The thing prequel, I think, actually had some very good ideas. That still ended up being a good movie, yeah. Yeah, I still enjoyed the prequel. The pilot creature was such a good idea. And then they cut it. Like, they cut the one good idea you had. There was, there was a lot in the Thing prequel. It, it's I, I do like the Thing prequel, but it's not on the same level as the original. And a lot of what they had feels artificial, unfortunately. Whereas the original, it got such a reputation for feeling real. That was the big thing about the original. And the prequel just didn't have that, unfortunately. So, Aaron, how many times have you seen this movie now? The Predator. <laughs> yeah. no, not, not that many, really. I mean... I go to see the films about three times in the cinema when they come out because I'm how often am I going to get that experience? So I saw it at um, the press show in uh, Soho. I went to see it with Chevy and I think I went to see it with the missus. I caught it on an aeroplane when I went to Japan because I'd love to watch the aeroplane edits, but fuck me if I can remember any of the differences. And then I think I watched it once in prep for this podcast, so probably about five times. I'm probably not too much more. I think I'm six or seven. As you guys have probably said before, this is my first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you walked into the theater a little late, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really shut myself down when, when this thing came out. I, I, I really wanted to see it, but I also knew I was going to like not like it. So I, I figured, you know, why waste the money? Here's the thing. I would always rather make up my mind yeah. on my own. Fuck everybody else's opinion. I will decide or what I like or what I don't. And, and I wasn't basing myself on reviews. I literally spoiled myself mm. on every single aspect. And, you know, I also watched clips, you know, making enough clips and things like that. And I knew that story-wise, this movie was not going to sit well with me. So, yeah. How do you, how do you, as someone who is new and has only had like, you know, you've watched clips and you, you've you read things, how does the end result compare, even though we were talking over a lot of it, how does the end result compare to your expectations? So to put it bluntly, if I were to compare like the Predator movies to dishes, Predator 1 would be like a very, very nice yogurt cake. Predator 2 would be like the best pizza of all time. This movie would be like a fast food, fast food kind of burgers, you know, a cheeseburger from McDonald's, if you will. That's how I feel. That's how I think I predicted, you know, my, what my opinion was going to be on this. How do you, how do you Excuse write Excuse me. Yeah, I'm just going to say you missed one of the best sequels there. Oh, Predators. You know, uh, I think that movie is a collective hallucination. Ex fucking excuse me (laughs) is a very good spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, the nasty, the nasty nasty pasta man is talking. So you feel this is better than Predators in your view? No, I was absolutely not because at the very least, Predators had some ideas that that they didn't quite make them land the, the way they wanted to. These are supposed to be super predators, but three of them don't manage to walk better than a single one of the other ones, which is quite bizarre. But at the very least, it kind of 
you know, it maintained that predator movie feeling, even though it was like exposition time most of the time, like half of that script is exposition, which is kind of very boring at a certain point. There's, there's movies that can allow a certain amount of info dump. Dark Crystal is an example. Dune is an example. But, you know, info dumps upon info dumps, info, info, info dump. That's what Predator says. And it's I think boring. I'm going to buy myself a plane ticket <laughs> to Italy and I will whoop some David Ars. We're, we're going to fight. We're going to fight us. We're, we're going to have a fight. I think Predators rivals Predator 2. You dressed up as Godzilla. I'm dressed <laughs> up as Berserker. And we're going to fucking have this art. I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear my Godzilla ninety eight costume with uh, razor sharp steel plates. I'm gonna fuck you up, mate. <laughs> Come fight me in real life. Come yeah, fight the me. scary thing is I can believe that. Come at me, bro. <laughs> so I'd say Predators is much superior movie to this. Is what I wanted to say. Who fucking? But man. how does it compare to your expectations, though? Like how you thought it was gonna go? Is it the same? Yeah, pretty much the same. I didn't really have okay. any hopes on this. I knew I was going to enjoy it up until the, the laboratory segments. You know, this Fugitive. Because the That's Fugitive where you entered it. was really good. I was into it. I know I watched you know, the clips, and the clips really impressed me. And then he dies in this absolutely uselessly gruesome way, which is like, yeah, really, we really want you to think, fuck this guy. He's trash. He's not here anymore. He's the new thing that you must like. <laughs> yes. And, and the new thing, and the new thing is this kind of not as good. Is he a god of war kind of version of the predator, or a mortal combat kind of predator, Goro predator, whatever? No, that that's that's a different comic, David. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. At least it wasn't full armed. Oh my god! We could have gotten worse, but. You know, when it comes to franchise sequels, I always try to, you know, consider them from two separate point of views. One point of view is how are they as a film and as a sequel to, you know, the older movies? And the other part is how are they as movies upon themselves, you know, as a story told within, you know, the runtime? And let's say, you know, for example, as I said before, Alien Resurrection is actually a much better movie when you consider it on its own than when you consider it as an alien sequel. Whereas with this movie, it's like, no, it's not even good by itself. I don't want to, I don't want to be pedantic about this, but it's really disappointing. Do you think it would have worked better as of in the format of say a comic or a video game, as opposed to a film the, 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 from, cause you entered it, uh, you know, it had gone on a bit, but from what you saw, would it have worked better as a video game or a comic compared to the format of a being presented as a film? Or do you think it just, you would have had the same reaction to it? When it comes to Canon, you know, the cursed word Canon. <laughs> yes. So there's like a stronger influence films have upon, you know, the main canon when it comes to, you know, the facts, what happens, things that are accurate to what the canon is compared to video games. Because people argue maybe video games aren't canon, you know, things like that. Whereas with films, it's like, it's harder to ignore them. Unless it's the Terminator franchise. Oh my God. Yeah. Or the X-Men franchise. (laughs) Yeah. Again, back to Marvel. Exactly. And another thing is, it's interesting how, you know, the Marvel movies kind of make history by influencing other franchises so much, because the Star Wars sequels were undoubtedly inspired 
by the Marvel movies, dialogue-wise, you know, comedy-wise. In this movie, too, like, they wanted to marvelize Predator a little bit. I think you're right, David, in that the best word I can think for it is just disappointing. Like, I remember after having seen it for the first time, just kind of like, ah, like thinking it over in my head and wishing I would have liked this. And, oh, this didn't make sense. This didn't make sense. But I still kind of, there's things about the movie that I like, and I still have hope for it with Alien 3. Like, I looked down on Alien 3 for so many years until the assembly cut came out. And that hope for this movie remains. And maybe I'll see that original cut someday and I'll be like, oh, I was was wanting to see that. Like, that, that sucked even worse. But I don't know. I still feel like that should be seen. And I hope it is seen. I do feel like the movie made some interesting contributions to the lore in some regards, but I feel overall it was just it was just a mess, unfortunately. And here's hoping for the next one, right? I think this one's a write-off for me. It's like, look, I'm I'm sick of you guys trying to do Predator versus Predator and fucking it up and taking all the, the concepts that I'm interested in and fucking it up. There's a reason we've done this second, you know, since deciding to start to do these things from the, the worst upwards. It's not it's not good. As much as I enjoy the cast, as much as I enjoy some of the comedy and stuff like that, as, as a predator picture, it's just, it's not very good. It's just not very good. I mean, once you actually have time to sit, I remember coming out of it and being like, oh, that was actually pretty entertaining. And then being like, but wait, what about this? And what about that? And oh, this don't actually make much sense. It's the movies that you really want to like that take a bit longer to sink in how you really feel about them. If you're disappointed, I think. Mm. So it's one of those ones that I don't ever really feel the urge to watch very often. So it can it can fuck off and stay there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is the last time I'm gonna watch it. I mean, props to Hunting Ground for salvaging as much as this as they can to at least put law back onto some sort of reasonable level. But yeah, I think I think this did more harm than any good for for the series. And I'll be glad to see the back of it. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Again, I think these are a little harder to do than the podcast because we're trying to talk as the things are taking place and there's so many of us that it doesn't quite always flow as nicely as the podcast might do where we just go, fuck it, we'll talk as long as we want because, you know, we're nerds and we'll do that. So I think I think these are a little rougher, but I still hope that uh, anybody listening did get enjoyment out of this. David, I'm sorry you couldn't join from the start and actually watch this. No, I had internet problems, you know, or internet connection yeah so so sorry about that we thought it would be interesting having a first timer on but but what are you gonna do but yeah seriously um thank you gentlemen for suffering through this um i'm sorry it took me two years to finally get the nerve to go yeah okay i'm ready to do prep but we'll move on to alien resurrection next oh i thought you were gonna say alien covenant nice i look forward to that but i thought we were going from worst to best so shouldn't that be True. No. So, so yeah, it's Alien Resurrection next. No. And then we'll then we'll have to do some Wrong sort of voting system. Order. We'll do a voting system and we'll do it on a metric of favorites and and go for the least up. There's definitely Alien Resurrection next. There's no denying that. Okay. Well, I like Resurrection, so I'm. I'm I love Resurrection. I am such a big fan of that movie. Let's do it uh, before two years go by. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I'll struggle to want to do prep for the other films as much as I did for this and um, Requiem. So I think we'll, we can get through these faster.
But please feel free to leave us a comment on, on YouTube, email us on, I guess, podcast at avpgalaxy.net or just comment on, you know, wherever you're listening to this because this will be on the podcast feeds, this will be on the YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on the podcast feeds, then please do leave us reviews and ratings. I don't care if it's a five, I don't care if it's a one, just the, the ratings help us. Um, if you're going to complain about my swearing, though, I don't fucking want to hear it. <laughs> I just want to say that if this movie were a pizza... It would be ham and pineapple. Exactly. It would be pineapple and maybe fish on it. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll let everybody go. You know, please do leave, an, um, leave a comment, leave a like, whatever. Just It helps our visibility. And if you enjoy what we're doing, it helps other people see us. And it helps us feel like what we actually do is worth fucking anything. <laughs> so please let us know. This has been Corporal Hicks. Ridge Stop. Xenomorphine. Omega Morph. Get into the chopper. <laughs>